0: Before we read chapter 18, let's do a recap. Let's see how Beck and Lil's are on this. So, chapter one.
1: Multitudinous Christ.
0: Uh, chapter two.
1: The letters to the Ecclesiastes.
0: Give me the names of the Ecclesiastes.
1: Ephesus.
0: Ephesus. Smyrna.
1: Smyrna. Thyatira. Sardis. Philadelphia. Laodicea.
0: Good job, guys. Um, shall I ask you some questions on those Ecclesiastes? Give me an Ecclesia that was lukewarm. Lucia. Give me an Ecclesia that had lost their first love.
1: Ephesus.
0: Ephesus. Give me an Ecclesia that was caught up with Jezebel.
1: Thyatira.
0: Give me an Ecclesia that was poor but rich.
2: Smyrna
0: Give me an Ecclesia that was rich but poor.
2: Sardis.
0: Sardis. Give me an Ecclesia that loved the brethren.
1: Philadelphia.
0: Okay, good job, you guys. Okay, so the promise to the last... Which was the last Ecclesia? Second one. No, the no. last Ecclesia. The last Laodicea. one? Laodicea. What was the promise given to them? If they would overcome, they would be... What would happen to them? The end of chapter three. They were so able they to come sit... at on, Hills.
1: With me on my Sit throne. with me
0: on my throne. Why is that so significant when we come to chapter 4?
1: Because
0: it's about the throne. Yeah. So in chapter 5, then, what do we see next?
1: The lion
0: and the lamb. The lion and the lamb in the midst of the throne. Um, and who is it the lion or the lamb that can open the scrolls? One. Who is it? The lamb. Why the lamb? Because the lamb. What's the lamb the symbol of? The Lion and the Lamb, the symbol of Jesus, but what's the Lamb the symbol of? Go on, little. The
1: sacrifice. The
0: sacrifice of the Lord Jesus, yeah. So it's because of the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus that everything is made possible. And so the scrolls are able to be opened. And in chapter 6, we see the scrolls being opened. And tell me what's going on.
1: The, there are four horses.
0: The four horses?
1: Which represent um, Rome, which is like the sages in Rome. Great. The first is the white horse, which represents peace. The second is the red horse, which represents bloodshed. The third is the black horse, which represents famine. And the fourth is the pale or chloros horse, which represents death.
0: Spot on, Booth. Well done. And then um, at the end of chapter six, so chapter six, then, is about the fall of pagan Rome. It's sort of, despite the white horse and the great time of peace, the Pax Romana, uh, it quickly turns into bloodshed, and then plague and famine, as Lils has described for us, and then the Chloros horse, and Rome is collapsing. But what type of Rome is it that's collapsing?
1: Pagan Rome.
0: Pagan Rome. And so pagan Rome changes through which emperor?
1: Time.
0: So Constantine changes pagan Rome to Christian Rome, but as we know, it's not Christianity. The, the 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 saints quickly discover this is not the Christianity they hoped it was going to be, and so when we come to chapter seven, we see that there's a marking of those who've got the name of God written where
1: on their foreheads
2: on their
0: foreheads and so chapter 7 then gives us a vision of what
1: 144,000
0: which become an
1: innumerable, the
0: multitude. innumerable multitude good job in chapter 8 we deal with the next section of history and we've seen pagan rome fall but of course rome lives on but what happens to rome now
1: uh the rise of the western fall well, right of the the, oh so, God.
0: chapter 8 is the, the fall of Western Rome. How does Western Rome fall? Well, so, it's not a question, is it? It's not like overnight it collapses. Over the best part of 100 years, the barbarians are making incursions, crashing, crashing, crashing bashing into the Roman Empire as they come in. And uh, give me these barbarians that, that we've got recorded in chapter 8. The first trumpet is Alaric the Goth. The second is. The, the third is the home. and the fourth is
1: Odoacer.
0: So, what year does Odoacer take Rome itself?
1: 476.
0: 476, excellent. So, 476 is the fall of Western Rome. Keep thinking Nebuchadnezzar's image the two legs, the, the two legs represent the East and the West, and Western Rome collapses in the year 476. Good job, guys. So chapter nine, what are we dealing with now?
1: The rise of
0: Islam. The rise of Islam. And this is going to affect uh, the Europe, which is why it's so significant that we've got this on the record. Um, the rise of Islam uh, comes. We have the Saracens. Um, and then we see, don't we, the fall of which major city? And we see the gunpowder, don't we, the artillery um, that... Um, the Ottomans bring against it, and which city falls at the end of chapter 9? It was named after the emperor that turned pagan Rome to Christian Rome, Constantinople. What year did Constantinople fall to the Ottomans?
2: 1453.
0: Top job, 1453. So has everyone got this? You've got to have in your margin at the end of chapter 8, 476 AD, at the end of chapter 9, 1453 AD. So chapter 10 now, we're given uh, a vision and we're on the march. Chapter 10 is the
1: march of the, rainbow march of the Rainbowed
0: Angel, right? This beautiful picture, isn't it, of the Lord Jesus Christ and the saints, the multitudinous Christ that we saw in chapter one. We now see this after the judgment that the saints and the Lord Jesus are able to go out as one. And we go out, um, uh, amongst other things, to rescue the Jews who are surrounded by the Gogian Confederacy. Okay. Where are we going now? Chapter 11. What's chapter 11? The
1: two witnesses.
0: The two witnesses. Those witnesses who are trying to witness um, to the gospel message, to the Bible. Um, But it's really difficult. And we see, don't we, that during this time period, there are two major time periods um, of one to 60 years. The first is related to the time of Constantine. And what year did Constantine uh, go and defeat Rome? The Battle of Milvian Bridge, Lil?
2: 312.
0: 312. Excellent. So 312, 312. And when we add our 1260 years to 312, we come to? 1572.
1: 1572,
0: the massacre of Bartholomew. Excellent. Then the other um, time period we're given in Chapter 11 is also 1260, but this relates not to what we're going to see in chapter 12, which is things related to Constantine and the eastern side of the empire. The other one in chapter 11 relates to what we see in chapter 13, which is Western Rome. And it's another one period. And we're told it's from the time when the dragon gives power to the beast. So give me an emperor that gave power to the beast. I'll give you a clue just Justinian. Justinian, can you give me a year?
2: 1793?
0: No. no. Far, far before that. No. Justinian? I'll give you a clue. Five, five, 533. 533. Good job. At least Beck got the last three. <laughs> 533. So we had our 1, 2, 60 years, and it brings us to, as you rightly say, 1793. So critical time periods. Or another one we can go from is the decree of focus. Who was also an emperor in the East, and he gives power to the Pope in the West, to the Beast System. And when's that from? 6 610, six, oh, seven, seven, six, seven, that sort of time period. We add our 1 to 60, and it takes us to um, 1867, 1870, where uh, temporal power is removed from the papacy um, in Italy. OK, so it's not easy. But then chapter 11, what we see halfway through the chapter is that these things, these one two sixty time periods are bringing us to a great earthquake. And the great earthquake is, Lil's,
2: the French Revolution.
0: OK, which we'll then see we get to, don't we, in detail at chapter 16. Then, chapter, where we are now, chapter 12. So, chapter 12, we've already dealt with this a bit, haven't we? But, chapter 12, one of those 1, two sixty time periods, 1, two sixty time periods, is all about which emperor? It's all about Constantine. Constantine, the dragon in the east. Okay, then we come to chapter 13, and it's not about the east, it's about the west, it's about the beast, the beast of the. Sea, because yeah. it comes out of the Mediterranean. And uh, the beast of the sea, we see, gives uh, is given power. Apologies, that was a bit of a naff pun, wasn't it? <laughs> it certainly wasn't on purpose. <laughs> I'm not that witty. But we, we see, don't we, that that beast is given power by the dragon. Then halfway through the chapter 13, we come across another beast, not the beast of the sea, but the beast of the
1: uh-huh.
0: And the beast of the earth, what does this look like?
1: Lamb. oh
0: well this is nice it looks like a lamb this is a great symbol but oh dear it speaks like a dragon, dragon. yeah so this is speaking of which type of
1: empire?
0: Holy roman empire the holy roman empire holy it looks like a lamb uh-uh this is roman it speaks like a dragon so we've got the holy roman empire and we also have chapter 13 another uh, system which is smaller than the beast of the sea or the beast of the earth but it's critical because it's right in the heart of italy it's where the papal states are and it's the image of the beast what's it what is it it's the papacy the pope yeah yeah good stuff all right so then we come to chapter 14 and chapter 14 is in dark contrast to chapter 13 it's set against it and we see that it's uh, it's a kingdom vision and the people that are in the kingdom are those who've not had anything to do with the beast system so we see the instead of the, the number of the beast we see the number of the elect and the number of the elect is a hundred and forty four thousand, those who follow the lamb um, what else have we got in chapter 14 the grain harvest and the grape harvest. Let's just tell the great grain harvest and the grape harvest. What's the grain harvest related to? Armageddon. Armageddon. A heap of sheaves, a grain harvest in the Valley of Threshing. What's the grape harvest related to? The um, Judgment on
1: Rome.
0: Judgment on Rome. Excellent. So we're going to deal with that a little bit more in our chapter today, in chapter 18. Chapter 15, vision of the kingdom. And what are the saints standing on?
1: The sea of glass.
0: Why is it a sea of glass?
1: Because the nations are calm.
0: Excellent. Smooth. Super. But before that can happen, we've got the final pouring out of the vials, the, the bowls, and in chapter 16, that's what we've got, haven't we? And what are those vials being poured out? What are the first five about principally? Chapter 16, the vials.
1: Perhaps at the home,
0: the collapse of the Holy Roman Empire, what brings about the collapse of the Holy Roman Empire? Which great earthquake? French Revolution. The French Revolution. Excellent, Lil. And then we see that actually coming out of the French Revolution are three... Boing, boing, boing... Frogs. 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 And they are frog-like spirits, right? That go out and they're sent into... uh, all the kings of the earth, but they come out of where? The mouth of the, dragon. where's the dragon? On the east. east, the beast on the west, and the false prophet, which is the okay. pope. So we've got all the same players, right? All the same players are there. And out of their mouths, out of this Roman system, that's what we're talking about. We're not introducing something else. It's this Roman system. And out of their mouths come the frog-like spirits. That's the spirits of humanism um, that uh, come out of the French Revolution. All right, then we come to chapter 17 that we looked at last week. And the great image is of what? The The woman woman riding riding the beast. Who's the woman? Rome. Uh, yeah, Rome, particularly the Catholic Rome. Yeah, it's it's the Pope, it's the papacy. And it's the apostate church, isn't it? That's the symbol that's set out for us. And the reason the symbol is a woman is so that it's crystal clear to us. This whore is an apostate church system. Don't have any doubt about it. The false prophet, the apostate woman, the, the whore are the same people. And then she's riding the beast and the beast is Europe. Europe, Eastern or Western Europe, Western Europe. So we're going to see at the very time at the end, we're seeing it already, the influence, the Pope is having over Western Europe. I mean, many of you will know that when uh, Britain voted to leave the European Union, Literally that month, which we're talking now a couple of years ago, but that month, the remaining 27 leaders of the European Union all went to visit the Pope. And uh, I was thinking it's remarkable that a photograph was taken and the photograph was taken of the Pope with the 27 leaders and behind them, that they were in the Sistine Chapel in Rome, was Michelangelo's great fresco, the amazing painting. And that painting was called, or is called, The Last Judgment. It strikes me as being amazing that the angels would set these things up, that the likes of me and you can look at this imagery in chapter 17, chapter 18, and see that the woman is beginning to ride the beast. But it won't happen fully until after the Lord Jesus Christ has returned, after Armageddon, When at that stage, the papacy will rally the kings of Europe and for an hour, for 30 years, they will um, uh, try to get support wherever they can in order to fight against the Lord Jesus Christ, who they'll say is Antichrist. And the likes of you and I, we hope and pray, will be there going out outside of Israel to fight this system and to utterly destroy it and so chapter 18 is in that context so what we'll do is we'll read it now um, uh, we'll read a verse each and um we'll read pretty quick so that um we've got time to study the chapter tonight all right revelation 18 after these things i saw another angel come down from heaven having great power and the earth was lightened with his glory
1: and he called out with a mighty voice Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She has become a dwelling place for demons, a haunt for every unclean spirit, a haunt for every unclean bird, a haunt for every unclean and detestable beast. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. And the merchants of the earth are waxed rich with the abundance of her delicacy.
0: And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues.
1: For her sins are heaped as high as heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. Reward her even as she rewarded you, and double unto her, double according to her works. In the cup which she has filled, filled to her double.
0: How much she hath glorified herself and lived deliciously, so much torment and sorrow give her, for she saith in her heart, "I sit a queen and no widow, and shall see no sorrow
1: for this reason, her plagues will come in a single day, death and mourning and famine, and shall, and shall and and she will be burned up with fire, for mighty is the Lord God who has judged her, and the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and lived. Delicacy deliciously with her, shall bewail her and lament for her, when they shall see the smoke of her burning.
0: Standing afar off, for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come.
1: And the merchants of the earth weep and mourn for her, since no one buys their cargo any more. The merchandise of gold and silver and precious stones, and of pearls and fine linen and purple and silk and scarlet, and all fine wood and all manner of vessels of ivory, and all manner of vessels of most precious wood, and of brass, and iron, and marble.
0: And cinnamon, and odours, and ointments, and frankincense, and wine, and oil, and fine flour, and wheat, and beasts, and sheep, and horses, and chariots, and slaves, and souls of men.
1: The fruit for which your soul longed has gone from you, and all your delicacies and your splendours are lost to you, never to be found again. The merchants of these things, which were made rich by her, shall stand afar off for the fear of her torment, weeping and wailing.
0: And saying, alas, alas, that great city that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls.
1: For in a single hour all this wealth has been laid waste, and all shipmasters and seafaring men, sailors and all who trade, is on the sea stood far off
0: and cried when they saw the smoke of her burning saying what city is like unto this great city
1: and they threw dust on their heads as they wept and mourned crying out alas alas for that for the great city where all who had ships at sea grew rich by her wealth for in a single hour she has been laid waste rejoice over her thou heaven and ye holy apostles and prophets But God hath avenged you on her.
0: And a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus, with violence, shall the great city Babylon be thrown down, and shall be found no more at all.
1: And the sound of harpists and musicians and flute players and trumpeters will be heard in you no more. And a craftsman of any craft will be found in you no more. And the sound of the mill will be heard in you no more. And the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee. And the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. For thy merchants were the great men of the earth, for by thy sorceries were all nations deceived.
0: And in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all that were slain upon the earth. Okay, so thank you guys. Um, Let's start to work through the chapter then. So, after these things, I saw another angel. So obviously, this is different to what we've just seen um, in chapter 17 of the seven angels. And this angel comes down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. So the sort of uh, the power associated with this angel is of this light um, of his glory that is able to sort of cast a light, or sort of shed light on. Um, the picture that we've already seen in chapter 17. Um, When we think of the the saints, though, and the the multitudinous Christ, how are we going to come into Jerusalem? The kings of the East come into Jerusalem. Um, What are we like? Uh, Think of the rainbow angel. His face was shining as the sun. Yeah. Um, uh, Think of Malachi chapter 4. The Son of righteousness will arise with healing his wings. So this is the picture that we're given, this, this illumination from this angel that's going to tell us a bit more detail about the events uh, of chapter 17. So he cries mightily with a strong voice saying, Babylon, the greatest fallen is fallen. And become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit and cage of every unclean and hateful bird. So this great system of Babylon has collapsed. And in order for us to really appreciate um, what's happening here, we are wise, as is nearly always or is always the case in Scripture, to look at the historical Um, side of things in order for us to appreciate what's going to happen in the future so the history of Babylon falling was prophesied by Isaiah and Jeremiah uh, and Ezekiel and so those books are key now for us to understand chapter 18 so just keep a marker but we're going to go back to Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel a lot in our study this evening to really understand what is happening when Babylon falls. So come with me first of all to Isaiah chapter 25. So Isaiah, uh, actually I wanted to go to Isaiah 21, apologies, Isaiah 21, where we see we've got the quotation that we read in verse 2, so Revelation 18 verse 2, Babylon the greatest fallen, if you look in your margin it will almost certainly take you back, and my eyesight's not good enough, but it should be taking you back, not to Isaiah 25, to Isaiah 21. In Isaiah 21 we read the burden of the desert of the sea, and you might say what is the desert of the sea, or well, the desert of the sea Isaiah 21 verse one: the burden of the desert of the sea. Um, the the desert of the sea we 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 think is the area of Mesopotamia. Think of uh, the two rivers that go round the desert. So it's the desert of the sea, the Euphrates and the Tigris. So that we're talking about uh, Babylon, and we learn that Babylon is going to fall. Why? Who's going to come across against Babylon? Look in verse two. See if you can see. Isaiah 21, verse 2. Beck, who can you see uh, is going to come? The Medes. Well done, Lils. Yeah. Verse 3. What's going to happen to Babylon? Therefore are my loins filled with pain. Well, where do we see this? Uh, Who's Daniel 5? Well done, Lils. Who's the king in Daniel 5? Belshazzar. Yeah. Who's having his feasts. Yeah. Um, And so look what we read. Um, verse five: Prepare the table, watch, eat, drink. Arise, ye princes. Who's doing this in Daniel five? Belshazzar, right? But we're told now, aren't we? In verse nine: Behold, here comes a chariot of men with a couple of horsemen, and he answered and said, "So that the messenger says, Babylon is fallen, is fallen." And now here, this is critical. And all the graven images of her gods, he's broken into the ground. So what's going to happen to Babylon? The graven images of her gods are broken into the ground. You see, the Babylonian system, the system of Rome, is a system of graven images of idols. And that's exactly the same as Rome today. It's a system of graven images and of idols. It's a commercial system, which is what we're going to see in chapter 18. And so that's why I'd suggest to you that in verse 2, the quotation, Babylon the Great is fallen, is fallen, we're taken straight back to Isaiah 21 and verse 9, that we might remember that the reason Babylon fell. Is, is, in part, is key to the fact that she had all the graven images of her gods had to be broken to the ground. The spirit of idolatry was what the Babylonian system was all about. So come back to chapter 18. We're going to keep going back to these chapters uh, in the Old Testament in Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel. So if it was helpful, sort of keep a marker there. But come with me back to chapter 18 where um we see uh, another illusion that i would suggest is worth us just looking at um and that is to, to just keep a marker in chapter 18 and come back to isaiah 13. i said you need to keep a marker didn't i in isaiah i'm gonna keep coming back in this direction in isaiah 13 and 14 is all about the fall of historic babylon so there are many many illusions that we could pick up i just want you to just notice a couple of things in chapter 13. so let's just go in at verse well verse one the burden of babylon you can see um lift up a banner upon the high mountain, exalt the voice unto them, shake the hand that they may go into the gates of the nobles. Why is it important that they're going to go into the gates? How does Babylon fall? Good job, eh? The gates. Well done. Uh, but a, a reference you might have next to that would be Isaiah 45 and verse 2, where we read uh, about the gates of Babylon that Cyrus is able to get into. Um, what about then um, verse 3 I've commanded my sanctified ones I've called my mighty ones well what will we become in the kingdom age mighty
2: ones. the mighty
0: ones right so the, the mighty ones are being shown here in prophecy as the ones who are going to destroy Babylon so what do we read verse 4 the noise of a multitude why does a multitude matter Who are we that are going to destroy Babylon? The multitude, the innumerable multitude, multitude, the multitudinous Christ, right? That's the picture that we've got here. Verse five, they'll come from a far country. Now, clearly you could say, well, the Medes and the Persians came from a far country to defeat the Babylonians. That's true. But why is it significant in the final fall of Babylon? Where are we based? as the saints in which city? Jerusalem in the land of Israel but we know that the grape harvest is beyond Israel and we go right out into Europe so that's why verse 5 they come from a far country so let me give you a reference next to that chapter 4 Revelation 14 I'll give you the reference now and verse 20. The wine press was trodden without the city. We come from a far country to defeat the beast system and the false prophet. Okay, verse 6. Howly, for the day of the Lord is at hand, it shall come as destruction from the Almighty. Therefore, shall all hands be faint, and every man's heart shall melt. Now, can you think of anywhere else in Isaiah? where we read about a man's heart or his hands. And it's the opposite, actually, of them being faint or feeble. Well, I'll give you a clue. Isaiah 35, right? And Isaiah 35 is a kingdom picture where the Lord Jesus says, or uh, apologies, the Lord Jesus will be able to give the message, verse 3, Strengthen the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. Say to them that have a fearful heart, "Be strong." So, the Babylonian system will not be anything to do with the saints and those we go to rescue in the Jewish nation, where we go to strengthen their weak hands. We we say to them with a fearful heart, "Be strong." their hands will be feeble and faint and their heart will melt. And so we see verse eight, they shall be afraid, pangs and sorrows shall take hold of them. They shall be in pain as a woman that travaileth. So there's this travail, this woman that travaileth. In other words, she's not the chaste virgin of the ecclesia. This is the apostate system Of Rome, of Babylon. Alright, so uh, you see that these Isaiah references, Isaiah 13, Isaiah 21, um, we'll see others too later on, Isaiah 47, Jeremiah 51, are so key to us understanding our chapter 18 today. Okay, so back um, in Revelation 18, We notice also that Babylon has become the habitation of devils, a hold of every foul spirit, and cage of every unclean and hateful bird. When did we read of birds? Go on, else. Daniel. Daniel. Daniel 4. What what do we see in Daniel 4, verse 21, Ben? (laughs) (laughs)
2: Hateful
0: birds. We don't see hateful birds, but what what are the birds? (laughs) Where are the birds nestling? In In the the big tree of Babylon, yeah? So the Babylonian system. So what are those birds representative of then? If the, these birds that come and nestle, you have a look. You're, you told me Daniel four twenty one. Tell me what, where is it? What what, what do those birds represent? More than simply the people, corrupt rulers. Anything more than that? You're right, you're right in all of it. But it's the nations. Yeah. So the, the, what you've got, these birds uh, that are nestling in the tree of the Babylonian system are the nations of the world that take refuge in this Babylonian system that become a part of it. And they also will obviously fall. 4, verse 3 of Revelation 18 all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. So where else in the book of Revelation have we read about uh, the nations being drunk? So the, all these birds, the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, they've got in the tree Where have we read about the the nations being drunk with the wine of the wrath of her fornication? Revelation still? Chapter 14, verse 8. Chapter 14, verse 8. So chapter 14, verse 8 tells us, as Beck says, Babylon is fallen, is fallen. So chapter 14, verse 8 is important because it's the summary verse of everything we read in chapter 18. Babylon is fallen, is fallen the great city because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. What about last week as well in chapter 17? What do we see the woman do? Chapter 4 of chapter 17, verse 4, apologies, chapter 17. She's got in her hand the golden cup full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. And she's drunk, verse six, with the blood of the saints. So she's um, duped. She's got the nation utterly drunk. They're plastered. And as a result, they've made terrible decisions. They've got in bed with this apostate system. They've got in the tree, as it were, of uh, Babylon. So key reference there. Uh, Revelation 14, verse 8, Revelation 17, verse 4. Have you got an Old Testament reference? Go back to verse 4 of Revelation 17. What's your Old Testament reference there? Anything,
1: Jeremiah
0: in Jer- 51, 7. Jeremiah 51, 7. That's what you want. So, Put next to verse 3, Jeremiah 51, 7. So should we just quickly, I'll go there if you like. Jeremiah 51, we're going to keep coming back to. So if you want, we've got another marker. Get it in Jeremiah 51. So Jeremiah 51, verse 7. Babylon hath been a golden cup in the Lord's hand that made all the earth drunken. The nations have drunken of her wine. Therefore, the nations are mad. And that's the point. That anyone, any of the nations, any individual that get caught up with the thinking of this Babylonian system, they are mad. All right. They're like a madman. They're a lunatic. We're lunatics if we allow our thinking to have anything to do with this system. Okay. so verse four, we hear another voice from heaven saying, come out. Out of her, my people. Get out of her. Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, that ye receive not of her plagues. For her sins, verse 5, have reached unto heaven. God hath remembered her iniquities. Now, this is about Babylon falling. Babylon is fallen, is fallen. Where does Babylon begin? Babel. Babel Babel means Babylon. Babylon. It's the same Hebrew word, right? Bab- Babel, Babylon. So, when where do we read about Babel?
1: Genesis twelve
0: or Genesis eleven? Genesis eleven. We read about Babel. Genesis twelve is really important. We'll come to that in a minute. But Genesis eleven, we read about the the system of Babel, the Tower of Babel, and you know. It is Babylon. So really, it's frankly more helpful to think of it as the Tower of Babylon. Okay. And what was, let's go back to Genesis 11. Keep a marker. What was Babel all about? What did they 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 try to do? They wanted to make a name for themselves. But whose name in the book of Revelation do we need to have for ourselves? The father's name. What is the father's name? Yahweh. Yahweh. What does it mean? I will, be who I, will be. I will be who I will be. So the Father's name is not about us making a name for ourselves. It's about his name, his glory, his character. I will be who I will be, filling the earth as the waters cover the sea. And in Genesis 11, we see that men want to build their own kingdoms. They want to make names for themselves themselves. They are against the Lord. And so, Genesis 11, verse 1, we read that the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. Came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there. What have you got in your margin next to the land of Shinar?
1: Confusion.
0: Well, you haven't got the next to, next to Shinar. Shinar. Give me a reference. Daniel 1 verse 2 thanks Lil why is that so important Daniel 1 is about where where's Daniel been taken to captivity Babylon Babylon, right Shinar they said to each other go let's make a brick and burn let's make brick and burn them thoroughly they had brick for stone and slime for mortar and they said go let's build us a tower whose top may reach unto heaven what's that phrase whose top may reach to heaven. Go back keep a marker Revelation 18 verse 5. What do we know about Babylon? Her sins have reached to heaven, okay? So you need to make a note next to Revelation 18 and verse 5, Genesis 11 verse 4. Babylon. The the irony is that these people who tried to make a top to heaven, now their sins have reached heaven. Why? Because they wanted to make themselves as God. They wanted to be like God. What is the Pope like? What's the Pope done? He's called
1: himself the Holy Father.
0: He's called himself, what's the name Pope mean? Papa. Father, Father, right? So he's trying to make himself like the Father. Whose name should we have written on our foreheads? The Fathers. Not the Pope. Not Papa the Pope, far from it. Our, the Father's name is Yahweh. That's the name written on our forehead. So what does the Pope do? In uh, Second Thessalonians chapter 2, we read, don't we, that what he does, he opposeth and exalts himself above all that's called God. So, so that his worship, he sits in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. What do they trying to do in Babel? Verse 4 of Genesis 11.
1: Make
0: the best, uh, they want a top that will reach <laughs> unto heaven.
1: heaven.
0: Why? What do they want to be like? God. God. God, yeah? And so what happens is they are confounded, aren't they? And God brings confusion into uh, the world. And this Babylon system, which is born here in Genesis 10, Genesis 11, is set against the thinking of God, the mind of the Lord God, and the mind of the saints who try to put the father's name on their foreheads in contrast to the fathers of Babel. So Genesis 11 is followed by which key chapter? Genesis 12. And we could ask, couldn't we, Sunday school children, and say to them, what's Genesis 12 about? And they would tell us it's about? Abram. Abram. And what's Abram asked to do? Get out of Babylon. Get out. Genesis 12, verse 1. The Lord said to Abram, get out of your country. So where is Abram living? Ur of the Chaldees. Where is Ur of the Chaldees? Where's Ur of the Chaldees? Babylon. Babylon, like Mesopotamia that area between the two seas, the desert of the seas. He's asked, get out of there and have faith to walk to a land that I'll promise you. So look, Genesis 12 verse 1, the Lord said to Abraham, get out of your country from your kindred and from your father's house to a land that I will show you and I will make you a great nation. I'll bless you and make your name great and you will be a blessing I'll bless them that bless you and curse them that curse you. In you shall all families of the earth be blessed. And so Abraham is the quintessential example in scripture of a man who in great faith gets out of Babylon. Come back to Revelation 18. What did we see in verse 4 that the angel said? Speak up, little so Come out of her, my people. Come out of her, my people. So here's the question for me and you. Whose people are we? Not everyone has to get out. You don't have to get out of Babylon. You can stay there. You can live in Babylon. You can choose to stay in Babylon. You could have chosen to stay in Sodom at the time of Lot. The children of Israel could have chosen to stay in Egypt. So we've got Babylon, we've got Sodom, we've got Egypt. Remember Genesis chapter 11? Uh, Revelation chapter 11, apologies. Revelation chapter 11, what was the great city? It's spiritually Sodom and Egypt. Babylon is spiritually Sodom and Egypt. What did the faithful lot do? He got out of sodom moses and the children of israel what did they do they got out of egypt Egypt. abraham got out of Babylon. babylon it's up to you it's up to you you haven't got to get out you can stay
2: but what happened to sodom
1: Fire and, brimstone.
0: fire and brimstone it went up in smoke so what are we about to read happens to Babylon it goes up in smoke look at the end of verse 9 of Revelation 18 huh? so young people particularly let me appeal to you many of you would have been brought up in Christoph in homes some of you I'm thinking of someone like you Lauren you haven't necessarily and there'll be others too that, that haven't been brought up in Christophian homes. The God of the Bible does not force any of us to do his will. He's given us free will. And you can read the Bible and you can say, well, I'm not sure about this. I, don't, I disagree. In the end, if you don't want, and I'm not speaking now to just any individual, I'm speaking to all of you. If you don't want the gospel message, you don't have to take it. You can stay in Babylon. You can stay in Sodom. You can hang out in Egypt for the rest of your days. But the Bible clearly tells us that those systems come to nothing. And in fact, we're clearly told and we've seen through this prophetic word that before long, Those systems are going to be destroyed. And so you simply have got to challenge yourself, what do I want out of my life? Do I want to just live my life today? And sadly, at the end of my days, whenever they come, that's it. Or am I interested in a far higher purpose? Do I want to be part of the name of the Father? Do I want to be joined with the saints through the ages who've taken the courageous steps, however difficult it might be, to leave Sodom, to leave Egypt, to leave Babylon? Are we prepared to do it? And if you are prepared to do it, you will be given the most incredible blessing. In fact, the blessing you'll be given is the blessing of Abraham, no less. Just quickly go to Galatians chapter 3. Young people, this is for you. Galatians chapter 3. What's Abraham the great example of? The example of Faith. faith. So, verse 25. After faith came, you're not under the law. You're not going to be forced. For you're all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. You've got to be prepared to be baptized, to show your faith. There's neither Jew nor Greek, bond nor free, male or female. You're all one in Christ Jesus. And if you be Christ's, then you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. It's awesome, isn't it, right? What you read in Genesis 12, those promises, they're yours. They're mine. If today we act in faith and we ensure that our lives are outside of the thinking of Egypt, of Sodom, of Babylon, Okay, so where are we? Verse 6 Render unto her even as she rendered you, double unto her, double according to her works, in the cup which she filled filled to the double. So, why is it there's this double punishment for the Babylonian system? Well, actually, we see this in the law, and she's going to be judged. as it were, by the letter of the law because of her sins. So just come with me to Exodus. Exodus chapter 28. Exodus 22. Apologies. Sorry, guys, I'm not on it tonight, am I? Exodus 22. And what do we read? We're going to go to Exodus 28 shortly, but Exodus 22. What do we read about... The law against a thief. So, Exodus 22, verse 4: if the theft be certainly found in his hands alive, whether it be ox or ass or sheep, he will restore, he'll pay back double. double." Okay, Uh, verse 7: if a man deliver unto his neighbor money or stuff to keep, and it be stolen out of the man's house, if the thief be found, he will pay Double. double. Verse 9. Let's just go to the end. Uh, uh, double. Th- yeah, exactly. He'll pay, <laughs> thanks a no, he'll pay double to his neighbour. So the punishment of the thief that gets found is that the thief will pay
1: double.
0: double. Why is this so important for the Roman Catholic Church? What they thieved from men?
1: Souls.
0: Their souls, right? So, uh, look, Verse, the end of verse 13, the souls, even the bodies of men, right? That's what they've traded in. They've traded people's lives. They've taken them. they thieved off men the truth. What didn't they allow men to read for hundreds of years? Bible. We looked in chapter 16, didn't we? The period of the Inquisition, when across Europe particularly, the church gave the most Terrible, terrible um, uh, cruelty um, and torture against men who try to read their Bibles and women and children. So they are the thief. They stole from men and women the truth. And as a result, because they stole the truth, the pearl of great price they stole. They're going to have to pay double for their terrible works. Now, we also see, verse, 20, uh, verse 7, how much the, the, this system has glorified herself and lived deliciously. Um, she's glorified herself. What does the God of the Bible ask of us? Who should we give glory to? To him, right? So look at the high priest garments. And apologies, this is why I asked you to look at Exodus 28 Minutes minute ago. Come to Exodus 28. What were the high priest garments for? Glory and beauty. They were for glory and beauty. Whose glory and beauty? God's glory and beauty. So Exodus 28, verse 2. Thou shalt make holy garments forever thy brother for glory and and for beauty so everything about the high priest garments that we again looked at briefly last week particularly around the colors were to give god glory but what this system has done is glorified herself for she said in her heart halfway through verse 7 i sit a queen of no widow so here's this system <clears throat> she already thinks it now but more than ever, when the Lord Jesus Christ returns and she gathers the European nations, and she's able to ride them as the beast on the beast, as we see in chapter seventeen, she sits as a queen. She thinks she's altogether marvelous. She's she's uh, you know standing against I'm no widow, and there shall see no I shall I won't see any sorrow. Don't forget she's for an hour given that position for thirty years. She sits as a queen. Many of you looking at this aren't 30 years old. No? I mean, quite clearly, I'm not too far off after it. But uh, 30 years old, right? It, 30 years is not, it, it, you know, it's quite a considerable time. She sits as a queen. This is taken directly from Isaiah. So when you come back to Isaiah 47, where we see that Isaiah... Is prophesying of the fall of Babylon it's you know 150 years or so before Babylon actually falls in the time of Daniel so Isaiah 47 look what we read about the Babylonian system so Isaiah 47 verse 7 thou hast said I shall be a lady forever so that thou does not lay these things to thy heart Neither didst remember the latter end of it. Therefore hear now this, that thou art given to pleasures, that dwellest carelessly, that sayest in thy heart, I am, and none else beside me. I shall not sit as a widow, neither shall I know the loss of children, But these two things shall come to thee in a moment. And so listen, when you go back, keep a marker here, but go back to Revelation 18, Look what we read in verse 8. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, in a moment, as it were. These things shall come to thee in a moment, in one day, the loss of children and widowhood. They shall come upon thee in their perfection for the multitude of thy sorceries and the great abundance of thine enchantments. For thou hast trusted in thy wickedness. Thou hast said, none sees me. Thy wisdom and thy knowledge is perverted thee. And thou I said in thine heart, I am, and none else beside me. Now, do you see the contrast here? Who is I am?
1: Yah.
0: Yeah. What does this system say? They say, I am. And what do they say? But look at the end of verse 10. I am and none else beside me now go back to chapter 46 of isaiah and verse 9 what does god ask us to remember form of things for i am <laughs> i am the
1: god and
0: there is none else yeah i am god repeated i am god there is none else i am god there is none else That's what he wants us to remember. And what does she say? 47 verse 10. I
1: am and none else
0: beside me. So do you see that what she's done is she's elevated herself. The thinking of Babel. She's taken herself up into the heavens. She thinks that she stands as a God. And there's none else beside her. And yet she is going to be utterly burned with fire. The strong is the Lord God who judges her. So, again, you might want to keep a a marker. But we see now the strength of the Lord God who is going to judge this system. Just, um, if you're in Isaiah, flick across to Jeremiah, chapter 50, Jeremiah 50 and 51 is once again all about Babylon so look just for context chapter 50 verse 2 declare among the nations publish set up a standard publish and conceal not say Babylon is taken so you see that this is about Babylon falling I want you to go to Jeremiah 50 verse 34 Their redeemer is strong. Yahweh of armies is his name. Now, just keep a marker. But Revelation eighteen, what do we read at the end of verse eight? The mighty is
1: the
0: Lord God who has judged him. Mighty, you've got in your version. What have you got in yours? Strong. strong. Okay. So, Jeremiah fifty verse thirty-four. The redeemer is strong. Now, what you notice is the weapon that's used to destroy the Babylonian system? Sword. So, verse 35 of Jeremiah fifty, what's upon the Chaldeans? Sword. A sword. Verse 36, what's on the lions? Sword. Why is it important that they're lions? What have we seen the Babylonian system do? Lie. Where do we see that? She had to have rendered double which under the law, who had double rendered them? Liars. The liars, yeah, the thieves and the liars, yeah? A sword is on her mighty men. A sword is upon her horses, yeah? A sword is upon her treasures. So do you see that the sword is going to come upon them? Now, what is the sword? The word. The word. So it's hard to keep our finger in so many places, But when we come to Revelation 19 and we see the final battle against the Babylonian system. What is the weapon that comes out of the mouth of the Lord Jesus Christ? A sharp sword. Yeah. The two-edged sword which comes out of his mouth. So this is the prophecy of these things. Um, Yeah. okay. let's leave that there. Um, There's lots of other links there. That we could pick up, but we won't for now. So come back to Revelation eighteen. It's been suggested, by the way, that you know the fact she's burned with fire. That there's, in the same way that Sodom was burned with fire, there's something literal here. Do you know um, uh, the geology of the area around the Vatican, around the papacy um, in Italy? You know, lots of us in school studied in Italy what volcanoes. volcanoes right so the thinking is here that the time of the great earthquake that takes place so that earthquake will you know change the earth's surface and um, earthquakes will go off and so literally there will be fire uh, from the earthquake the, the the sulfur that will come out and burn up this city uh, not just spiritually but literally So verse nine, the the kings of the earth. So what's the earth? Uh, Rome. Rome. So the Roman Empire. So which territory? The Western, remember. So what is that today?
2: Europe.
0: Europe, yeah. So the kings of the earth, make a note. Yeah, Europe. Who've committed fornication. So how have they committed fornication? What have the kings of the earth done? They've been the beast that allowed the whore to ride them, yeah. So the kings of the earth who committed fornication and lived deliciously with her will bewail her and lament her when they see the smoke of her burning. Standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city, Babylon, that strong city or mighty city, in one hour. Is thy judgment come? And so the judgment of God comes upon this system in the same way that Belshazzar one night is drinking with his lords, his princes, and they're, you know, reveling, having a great time. The party's on, and suddenly destruction comes upon them. And of course, the one hour is speaking to us of sudden destruction, although we understand that prophetically the one hour is how long? 30 years. years. Can you remember why? Yes. Lil's going to remember why. Let's ask
1: her. Because when you apply the day for a year principle, a Jewish day is 12 hours. So one hour is one twelfth of the day. A twelfth of the year is one month. And a Jewish month always has 30 days in a month. So when you apply a day for a year, it's 30 years.
0: 30 days, 30 years. Excellent, Lil. That's really, really good. Excellent explanation. So the hour, well done, Lil, is 30 years. So we just make a note of that there. And it, of course, ties in, doesn't it, with what we saw in chapter 17, where how long were the kings of the earth, the European kings, how long do they have with the beast? Chapter 17, verse 12. One hour. Yeah, one hour. Okay. So then we read from verse 11 all the way down to verse 19 of the howling and the mourning of the merchants of the earth. So we've seen the the kings of the earth um, who, who committed fornication over there, so the sort of political leaders of Europe. So who might the merchants be of this roman system who are these traders well you could argue couldn't you that actually it's all the systems that have got embroiled with her and so many have you know i mean in europe you've got to use the euro to 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 trade with the beast system um you know the the 12 stars that symbol that we saw in revelation 12 is so significant in europe today it's the flag of europe But the merchants, perhaps more specifically, are relating to the clergy of the Roman church, particularly, uh, whose time is up. That, you know, everything that they have traded with, including at the end of verse 13, the souls of men, you know, which we've reflected on already, their time is up. It's done. And what you see from verse 11 all the way down to verse 19, particularly, is reference after reference taken from where? Ezekiel. Have you got a reference to Ezekiel somewhere? Ezekiel twenty-seven. Now look, I'll challenge you. Look in your margin now. You will have... Probably 10 or so references to Ezekiel 27. Can you see that? Yeah? So just Ezekiel 27, Ezekiel 27, Ezekiel 27. As it's talking to us about the merchants and the merchandise of them that have been uh, ruined and destroyed. It reminds me of which merchants were furious at the time of the Apostle Paul. When he was telling the truth about a great goddess, great idol, they were saying, Great is Diana Diana of the Ephesians. And do you remember that the apostle Paul um, was uh, rushed upon with one accord by the crowd as they went after him for pointing out the foolishness of their belief in the idols of Diana? And they were furious because suddenly all their gains had been lost. The, these merchant men suddenly realized that everything that they had set up, that you know they'd managed to convince the world that, you know, this, that, that Diana's temple had been built on a meteorite that had fallen down and that actually that there was sort of all sorts of great significance in this. And after a while... Although half the world may wake up the fact it's all a complete utter rubbish and a lie, by this time, people are making so much money out of it that they don't dare say the truth. And that's exactly the same as this system. The Roman system, really, there aren't many that could look at that system and not see it's utterly corrupt. It's riddled with lies. Lies. It's the thief.
2: That's what that system is.
0: And most objectively looking at it can see it. And yet the problem is, it's become such a powerful commercial operation that the kings of the earth, even of the whole world, dance to the tune of that system today. So why Ezekiel 27? Well, just come back to Ezekiel 27. And you'll see that this prophecy isn't against Babylon. It's against the island territory of Tyre. But Tyre, which was destroyed, by the way, so, you know, it's a type once again. What was Tyre renowned for? What's Tyre all about? This chapter trading Trading. and she's a merchant right and she's trading she's a merchant in everything look at ezekiel 27 and you see link after link just scan down your margin if you've got um marginal references in your bible scan down it and you keep seeing revelation 18 revelation 18 revelation 18 This system of Tyre or this city of Tyre is renowned for her trading, her merchandise. And I suggest to you that this is the point that this merchant system, this commercial system is utterly destroyed. So, That, I think, is why we've got all these links back from Revelation 18 to Revelation 27 that we might identify the Roman Catholic system. It's not just a church. The reason it's such an apostate church is a commercial operation, exactly as Tyre was. Now, what happened to Tyre? What was Tyre like? Look, now go to chapter 28. Tyre became so arrogant. Verse two, thus says the Lord God, because your heart is lifted up and you say, I am a God. I sit in the seat of God. Who's done this? Babylon. Babylon. Where do we get this? What's our reference? I am a God. I sit in the seat of God. Two Thessalonians chapter two i better go there, just as a reminder in this room. 2 Thessalonians 2. What does he do? The false prophet system says, he opposes and exalts himself above all that's called God, all that's worshipped, so that he as a God sits in the temple of God. So what have you got? Ezekiel 28, 28 verse 2. What did Tyre do? He got so arrogant. She said, I'm a God. I sit in the seat of God in the midst of the seas. What is the horse sitting on waters. the waters? Yeah. The seas. Yet, what does Tyre have to learn? You are a man and not God. Though you set your heart as the heart of God, behold, You're wise than Daniel. There's no secret they can hide from you. With your wisdom, with your understanding, you've gotten riches, gold, silver, treasures. By your great wisdom, by your traffic, you've increased your riches, and your heart is lifted up because of your riches. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, because you've set your heart as the heart of God, I'll bring strangers upon you, the terrible nations, and they'll draw their swords against the beauty of thy wisdom and defile thy brightness." So what happens to Tyre? Tyre is destroyed. Now, do you know historically what happened to Tyre? It went underwater, spot on. So why is that significant? What happens to Babylon? Come back to Revelation 18. Revelation 18. So Bex just told us that she knows that historically Tyre... Goes underwater, and what happens to Revelation to to Babylon? Revelation 18, verse 21 The strong angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea. Thus, with violence, shall the great city Babylon be thrown down and shall no more be found at all. So, come back to Revelation 18. I'm sure you're there now, but if you're not. Let's just um, take a few more uh, notes. We see in verse 20, Rejoice over her, thou heaven, and ye holy apostles and prophets, for God hath avenged you on her. So the saints now are able to rejoice as they take vengeance, that they, 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 they uh, come against this Babylonish, um, awful system, the Roman system. Um, A a good note I'd suggest to pop in your margin there is chapter 6 and verse 10, where do you remember that when pagan Rome was collapsing, the souls of the saints who had died for the word of God cried with a loud voice obviously symbolically verse 10 saying how long O lord holy and true dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth and they're given the message that listen it will happen and this is when it will happen when the roman system is utterly destroyed the end of verse 19 in one hour is your judgment to come so verse 21 the strong angel we've seen taking the stone like a great millstone So we understand that that Tyre is a symbol of this, but also, of course, so was Babylon. Just go back to Jeremiah 51. Jeremiah 51. What do we read about this Babylon system? Verse 63. It shall be... When thou makest an end of reading this book, thou shalt bind a stone to it and cast it in the midst of Euphrates, and thou shalt say, Thus shall Babylon sink, and shall not rise from the evil I'll bring upon her, and they shall be weary. So Babylon is going to sink, just as ancient Babylon has sunk. While you're in Jeremiah, just when you quickly come to chapter 25. My voice is going here, but Jeremiah 25. What do we read that Babylon does against Israel? So Jeremiah 25 is a prophecy of when the Babylonians came against Israel. So, Verse halfway through verse nine. Nebuchadrezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant, will bring against this land and against the inhabitants thereof, and against all these nations round about, I'll utterly destroy them, making them an astonishment, a hissing, and perpetual desolations. Moreover, I will take from them the voice of mirth, the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom, the voice of the bride, and the sound of the millstones and the light of this cam- or the light of the candle. And this whole land will be a desolation. So when the Babylonian came into Israel, look what was taken away. The voice of the bridegroom, the voice of mirth and gladness, the sound of the millstones and the light of the candle. Now come back to Revelation 18. What have you got, verse 21? You've got a great millstone. What's the sound like in verse 22? So can you see that the music that was put out by the Babylonians as they came into Israel is suddenly able to start again? And the craftsmen can begin their work. The sound of the millstone will no longer be heard in Babylon and the light of the candle will no more shine in you as you took it from Israel. So now it will be taken once and for all from you. To thy merchant, to the great men of the earth, and by thy sorceries were all nations deceived. And in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints, and of all that were slain upon the earth. I'm just going to give you one more reference. Jeremiah 51, <clears throat> verse 24. We read, I will render to Babylon and to all the inhabitants of Chaldea all their evil that they've done in Zion in your sight, saith the Lord. Or verse 49 of Jeremiah 51. As Babylon hath caused the slain of Israel to fall, so at Babylon shall fall the slain of all the earth. And so verse 24 of Revelation 18. In her was found the blood of prophets and of saints, and all that was slain upon the earth as she slew so many now babylon has been slaughtered and slain and those faithful that stood up have the courage to hold on to the word of god despite this awful and apostate system they now are going to be redeemed and going to be given the blessings of the kingdom age and so Brethren and sisters and young people, we've finished our studies on this marvellous book. We surely just have to challenge ourselves one final time. What are we going to do in the time we've got left before the Lord comes? You see, one day an angel will appear in our life, just in the same way that the angels went over the children of Israel's house in Egypt, in the same way that an angel came into Lot's house and grabbed the hands of him and his family to get them out of that system. Sadly, Lot's wife looked back and she was destroyed. We've got to make certain that we don't look back at the system of Egypt, of Babylon, that we've left behind. We've got to look forward, pressing on to the mark of the high calling, keeping our minds focused on the heavenly things that our minds have been elevated to in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so in our house, we pray for uh, every blessing to be on you and in your homes as we wait for the coming of the King, as we wait for the angel to come. Let's make sure that we've got the faith of Abraham to, despite all the challenges and difficulties of our age, Be prepared to get out of this system that we might be on the road to Zion, that when the angel comes, he's delighted to help us on the final leg of that journey. And all of us, we pray, will be able to share in the blessings of the Kingdom Age.